0: Likutei Sichas, Che Ches, Volume 18, the fourth Sicha for Parshas Beha This Sicha speaks about the mitzvah of Pesach Sheini. It goes over what it's all about, its essence, and of course the lesson for us. To start, I'll go over a few points, a few concepts, in order to make it easier for us to flow through the Sicha. Number one whenever we have an idea in the nigla, in the revealed part of the Torah, that's like the Talmud, halacha, and so on, and then there is an idea in the nistor, in the hidden, and the secretive, in the mystical part of the Torah, it's obvious that they have to be consistent and <clears throat> uh, compatible with one another. Why? Because it's one Torah, so it's a seamless Torah. Another point, whenever we find a debate in the Talmud, it is important to know as the talmud says that even the opinion which ultimately does not become law meaning it's not yet that opinion is absolutely valid and consistent with the torah view in fact the talmud says va these and these meaning both opinions are the words of the living god now let's go into the actual concepts of the the uh, passover offerings the korban pesach first of all to note that for the not offering the korban pesach on pesach meaning on the 14th of nisan in preparation of pesach if one does this intentionally meaning he intentionally did not bring the offering although he was able to then the torah prescribes a punishment of karet which means god forbid person gets cut off the soul gets cut off or the person dies at an early age now what happened the first time that they celebrated Pesach in the desert, and this is recorded in our Parsha, where Hashem instructed that they bring the Passover offering, and there was a small group of people that could not bring the offering because they were spiritually impure, ritually impure. They were tameh, So they approached Moshe and they said, what do we do? Why should we be left out? Why should we miss out on this great opportunity? So Moshe came back to them with the word of Hashem and he said, That Hashem says, yes, a month later, that is, a month from the 14th of Nisan, so that is the 14th of ER, they will have the opportunity, and perpetually for generations, for one who was not able to bring, to offer the original offering on the 14th of Nisan, either because they were tamay, they were richly impure, or because they were too far away, and they just couldn't make it there on time. And for there, they would have the ability to bring a second offering so in the talmud we actually find a three-way debate as to exactly what the premise of this is in other words what is the status of this second offering there is the opinion of rabbi natan who says that is it is like almost like a redress for the first one that means according to his opinion if somebody didn't bring it in the first pesach intentionally they are still punishable However, they have an opportunity to bring this to somewhat make up for the lack of the mitzvah that they did not do on the first one. However, if, let's say, for example, it was unintentional that they didn't bring it, something was, you know, something happened, a mishap, and they just couldn't make it on time, then then they can bring it on the second one. And if he doesn't bring it on the second one, he does not get punished even if it's intentional that he didn't bother to do it on the second one so in short according to him it's tashlumim it's only a redress then you have the opinion of Rabbi ben Akavya, that he says that it is takanto it literally repair is the first one that means that even if somebody in, in intentionally deliberately did not offer his offering on the first time around, on the 14th of Nisan, he now has an opportunity to undo that mess, to undo the trouble that he caused himself by offering the second sacrifice, by doing it on the second time around. So that's the second opinion. The third opinion is the opinion of Rabbi who says, almost as if it's a festival on its own, that means it stands alone, It's just that whoever didn't bring on the first off time around has the opportunity to do it now. In other words, essentially it is its own sacrifice, its own offering. It stands separate and it's not just merely a makeup for the first one. However, if you brought it the first time around, then you don't have to bring it now and we'll talk about it later. But if you didn't, this is your chance that if you bring it now on this, so to speak, exclusive festival, you are now going to absolve yourself and take off yourself that punishment that you incurred on yourself the first time around. Another concept that I'd like to go over is the concept of tzedakah. When it comes to charity, the Torah says that if you see somebody's in need, you should give him dey machsaro, which means sufficient for his deficiency, whatever he's lacking. And then it says, asher yachsaro, that he is deficient in. So the sages tell us that this is talking about two things number one you have to give him his deficiency meaning you don't have to make him rich but you have to give him what he's lacking but then you have to give him de what he is individually lacking meaning it may not be a deficiency for someone else but for this person in his status where he was, where he's coming from, where he fell from, it may be that you have to give him something which may seem to be overtly luxurious for another person. For example, the Talmud says, if this person was accustomed to having, um, you know, nice, big, strong horses, and a servant running ahead to clear the way and announce his coming, then if you haven't done that, you haven't fully fulfilled the mitzvah of tzedakah. However, at all at the same time, there is still it's underscored that you are not commanded to make him rich. In other words, you are just commanded to give him what he is deficient in, what he is lacking as a result of him having become poor. Let's go into the sikhah. So the Rebbe says in the Hayoyim Yoim there's a quote from the previous Rebbe which says that the theme of Pesach sheni is that quote, it's never too late. It's always possible to put things right even if one was ritually impure or one was in a distant way even it was was, as the verse says "Lachem to you meaning that it was almost deliberate still one can always fix the past one can always correct the past so the rebbe says it's true that many times we find commentary or a a, a, an idea in the mystical part of the torah and the esoteric part of the torah which Perhaps is only consistent with one opinion, even though it may not be the halachic opinion. But still, it's certainly obvious that even though, like we said in the introduction, "Elu veElu" differently, "B'chaim" they're both the word of the living God. But certainly, it's obvious that it would make a lot better sense, or it would let's it would be what we call sweeter and better if the esoteric commentary. Would also be consistent with the prevailing opinion, which is the halachic opinion. Now, it's obvious that according to the first two opinions that we, we we discussed in the introduction, which is that either it's a tashlumim, it's a redress, or it's takanto, it actually corrects the past. So it's obvious that this is the theme of Pesach Sheni to fix the past, what you haven't done right or what you have done wrong, even in the past. Now you have an, uh, an opportunity, you have the means of reversing it, of correcting it. But the question is, according to Rebbe's opinion, that says, quote, Regel bifnei It's an individual, it's an exclusive festival on its own. How can we say that the theme, meaning the whole essence, the whole idea of Pesach Sheni, is that you can correct the past and that quote, you can always fix the past. How is that possible? Now, on a very basic level, we would be able to answer it as follows you see even rabbi even rabbi Yehudu who says that it's an individual it's an exclusive festival also maintains and agrees that halachically if you did indeed bring uh your offering in the first pesach you don't have to bring it in the second time and the only one time the only way you would have to bring it in this quote individual exclusive festival is only if you didn't bring it in the first one. In fact, if you already offered the first one, it's forbidden for you to bring the second one because consider to bring to be bringing a superfluous sacrifice, which is forbidden. So, and if you bring it in the second one according to Rabbi, that's when you absolve yourself from the terrible punishment of courage. Now the fact that he says that it's that that, that it's a regal bifnei atzmai, that it's an individual exclusive festival, what then does it mean if if basically he's saying the same thing as the other, that you can only bring it if you you can only offer it if you didn't offer it the first time around? The answer is that according to him, if one should choose not to do it the second time around and that is intentional then because he has so to speak passed on a mitzvah which is right now current he is actively defied and defiled this mitzvah then he'll be punishable by kores according to Rabbi. so the the question is according to him um what 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 exactly how are we going to explain that this is the theme the theme of um of, of uh, Pesach Sheni, that it is, what's the call again, that it is um, that it that that it's, the idea is that you don't, that, that you can, I'm sorry, that you can always make up the past. The question is, how does it connect? So we say in simple on a simple, basic level what we're saying here is, look, there is a connection between the first one and the second one. But of course, the question is one second. That all makes sense on a very basic level. As far as your regular Jew, who for whatever reason, whether intentional or unintentionally, missed out on the first opportunity to bring the korban Pesach. The question, however, is, there is a certain aspect in halacha, there's a certain effect that says, say, a ramification of this opinion, of Rabbi's opinion, which actually happens to be the halachic opinion. This is the prevailing opinion that is very interesting and needs some explanation. And that is that what happens, somebody who was a cotton, he was a minor, he was under bar mitzvah when it was the first Pesach, when it was the 14th of Nisan. But by the time the second Pesach came around, he became bar mitzvah, who meaning he's now obligated in all mitzvot. Similarly, somebody who was not Jewish, somebody that wasn't Jewish, and happened to convert between the first Pesach and Pesach Sheni. According to Rabbi's opinion. According to this philosophy that it is, in fact, a self-standing, an individual, exclusive festival, this minor, her turned adult, or this guy who turned Jew, needs to offer the second offering. But the question is, over here, there's no argument that can be made that there's some connection to the first, because the first time there was the Pesach, at the first time, At the 14th of Nisan, that is, they had absolutely no obligation whatsoever. In fact, the guy, the person who converted, wasn't even Jewish at the time. So how, according to that, will we explain this idea that the theme is to make up the past? That the theme, to make up the past, and as we try to explain, that there is somewhat of a connection between the first and the second because they do impact each other in terms of if you didn't bring in the first one, that's when you bring the second one. If you did bring the first time around, you don't bring the second time around. So says the Rebbe. when it comes to a Jewish child who turned adult, it comes to a minor who became bar mitzvah, there we can somewhat explain it in the following manner. That although he wasn't bar mitzvah yet and he wasn't obligated as an adult, but still we do find in essence that there is a connection between the Korban Pesach and even a minor Jewish uh, person. Where do you see it? The rule is that if a minor um registers to be part of the Korban Pesach, it's considered a valid registration. In other words when you make the Korban Pesach you have to have enough people to be able to consume it. Otherwise you shouldn't go ahead and do it. Or in, an, in another aspect of that, the Rambam says that what happens if when he was still a minor, he was close to his bar mitzvah, his father registered him and counted him in and therefore when they slaughtered the carbon Pesach, he it was slaughtered on his behalf too. It was offered on his behalf too. Now when he becomes an adult, says the Rambam, he doesn't have to bring him because it's counted as if he did it. So you see that in essence, He does have a connection to the first one. It's just that he couldn't actively do it. Okay, so there we can accept the argument that there still is a connection. We can see why, perhaps, maybe, even though he wasn't fully obligated, but why when the second Pesach comes around, and now he's an adult, why it should make sense, according to Rebbe, that he should make it up. But the question is, a convert, he wasn't even Jewish. Not only he didn't have to do it, he was forbidden to do it. If he would have come and offered the offering of Korban Pesach, it would be forbidden. So the answer is, as we're going to explain, as you're going to see soon, that we'll we'll actually come to appreciate that this concept, that it's never too late, that it's not all lost, is actually stronger and deeper, more enhanced, According to Rabbi's opinion that Pesach Sheni is its own individual festival more so than the contrast the other two opinions where over there it seems to be clear and obvious that Pesach Sheni is merely like a makeup like a correction of the past. You see Let's look at it from this perspective. Let's analyze it for a second. According to those two opinions what does it come out that in essence When is the real time for Korban Pesach? When is the correct time? The 14th of Nisan, the eve of Pesach. It's just that if you didn't do it then, now you're given another opportunity to make it up, to make up the past. So in other words, what you're doing now is not a complete action. You're really just merely trying to fix, to somewhat salvage the past. So it's not a complete action, it's not a wholesome thing. However, according to Rebbe, what Rebbe is saying is that right now, right here, the 14th of Iyar is the right time for the Corban Pesach. This is, quote, a festival on its own. It's just that there is a certain caveat that if you already offer on the 14th of Nisan, then you don't have to offer now. Why? Because since it's connected to the concept, to the idea of the Exodus of Mitzrayim. The Exodus of Mitzrayim only warrants one offering. So if you already did it, then you can't do it again. But if you didn't do it, it's not that you're making up for the past. You're actually doing it now. Now is the correct time. So it comes out that when he does it in the fortieth and this this is the right time. And therefore, according to this way of looking at it, when we say that Pesach Sheni, what is the theme? That sinitokin farfalun. That it's never all lost. That it's never um beyond repair the idea is not that you could fix you can complete you can make up that what you're lacking in the past and therefore it's not such something whole but the idea is that you can make it wholesome you can make something you can make a complete action and make a full effect full impact and according to this we'll understand why both a convert and a minor who turned bar mitzvah they can offer now Because where they are now, now they're obligated in the mitzvah. Where they are now, now they have an opportunity to do it. And now they're doing a full thing. They're not just merely making up for the past, they're doing something for now. Now, according to this, we can also, I mean, the question we can ask really is, so then it has nothing to do with before. Right? Is it a makeup for the past? I mean, in the one sense, we said in the one hand, we said that in a certain sense, it is a makeup for the past. So that ever says, let's take a closer look at the word tashlumim, which means to make up a deficiency, to make up. The word tashlumim, like in Hebrew words come from a root word, can actually have dual meaning. Number one, it can mean to be mashlim, to make up a chisaron, something that's deficient. But also it can come from the word shlemus, which means wholeni- wh- wholesomeness or completeness, the wholeness, to take something and to make it more whole or to maybe take it, make it more complete, take it to the next level. That means, in other words, that what it's saying is that even if there wasn't inherently something lacking, there's nothing here that needs to be corrected, quote unquote, or made up or, or to make up something. However, you have now the ability to take it to the next level. An example for this is we find in Sadaqah. Remember in Sadaqah there are the two aspects. There's the day Makhseri, which means to, you know, sufficient to fill his needs, whatever his needs may be. And then there is the level of La'ashroi, to make him rich, right? These are two levels. So de Makhseri would mean that this is what the person needs. This is what they're lacking. So you have to make it whole. You have to complete it. You have to fill in the deficiency. But then there's the aspect of making him rich, which means to make it shleimu, to take it to the next level. Now, <clears throat> so we have actually both. In other words, what the Rebbe is saying is that we have both. So when it comes to a ger, when it comes to a convert that converted, you can say, look at it this way. true in actuality, he didn't have even the obligation. Moreover, he was forbidden to bring the carbon Pesach. But in a certain level, this was something that he needed. This is something on a certain deep spiritual level that perhaps he was lacking even in the time when he was not yet converted to Judaism and he was still a Goy. What is that? The idea is based on the teachings of the Chidah. The Chidah says that if you look in the Talmud, every time it speaks about a convert, it refers to the convert as Ger Shinizgayar literally translated a convert who converted instead of referring to him as a guy a non-jew who converted to judaism when it, for example when it speaks about even uh, somebody becoming bar mitzvah it refers to him as cotton cotton means a, a minor that became a, a an adult or eved, a servant a slave that became released but here, it refers to it as his Gaia. So the chido explains, because in essence, all along, ever since this person, this man or woman who later converted, was born, ever from the, ever, ever, all, all the way from the beginning, there was some spark of a Jewish soul in them that was waiting to come out. And perhaps that's what prompted them, that's what pushed them to have the desire to convert to Judaism. And they, when they finally go through it, it becomes clear retroactively that that is the case. So, in other words over here you have not only to take it to the next level something that you're obligated now but in a certain sense there is a completion there is a filling in there's a correction for the past something that was lacking all along and the idea is when you have in in the rabbi always emphasizes when you have to Two uh translations, two meanings to the same word, it's not that they're contradictory. But like we said in the beginning, everything in Torah is seamless, it's all connected, it cannot contradict each other. So really on a deeper level, they complement each other. So therefore, the fact that when we say lahashlim doesn't only mean to fix the past, to correct the past, but also means to make it complete, to take it. To the next level, this is telling us that this is the real Hashlomah, this is the real completion, this is the real making up. What is the idea? The idea of it is as follows, if one could come to something, if one could possibly take something to the next level, in a certain sense, that means that this is what they're lacking. If they don't take it to the next level, this becomes their deficiency. Why? Because you could have gotten to more and you didn't. So when you were at the top, so to speak, you reached the top, you were fine, you were complete. But now that it becomes clear, at least in potential, that you can take it to the next level, not taking it to the next level becomes a deficiency. An example for this says the Rebbe, we see in the, in the concept of tzedakah. Let's say, let's say, if somebody is giving riches, somebody becomes rich. So, compared to where they were before, this is next level. But where they are now, this becomes normal, this becomes status quo. If they were to lose this now, according to halacha, this becomes a deficiency for them. So what does that tell you? That something that you could reach to the next level, once you go to the next level, that in turn shows that that is what you really need, that's who you really are, and if you don't have it, you're deficient. Says the Rebbe, spiritually speaking, we know that the idea that like the Belshentavah always emphasized in a place that a person's mind is that means where you are spiritually where you think you can be where your thoughts are that's as if you're there So therefore if in spirit in a spiritual sense if a person thinks that he can come to the richest meaning He can take it to the next level that becomes part of his aspiration that is where he is that is what the person is and by him not reaching that the person is, so to speak, lacking, the person is, so to speak, in a deficiency. And therefore by a convert, that even before he converted in actuality, but since in potential it was there, in a spiritual sense it was there all along, as the chidah says, since he had that Jewish spark in him and constantly was yearning from within to get there, Therefore it is as if he was deficient before, as if he was there before, as if he was there by the first Passover, and therefore in a certain sense, this is the ultimate correction for the past. And that's what the Rebbe makes the point that, just to summarize, that when the Frida Rebbe says, the previous Rebbe says yoyoy that the whole theme of Pesach Sheni is to make up for the past, you can always correct the past. So the Rebbe over here made a point that according to this opinion of Rebbe, which is the Halacha opinion, which on the surface seems like to be that it's not a makeup for the past, it's an individual exclusive mitzvah on its own. The Rebbe made a point over here that this is the ultimate makeup for the past because this is when you, ta- when you take it to the next level, when you're able to take something to the next level, and you actually do. This is the ultimate completion of what you were spiritually yearning for all along and therefore spiritually deficient in all along, even in the case, as example, of the, the, of the convert who even though he wasn't Jewish, but deep down spiritually his soul was most probably yearning for it as the first Pesach was being offered. So what is the lesson for us in this? Says the Rebbe, when it comes to the special task of our generation, of spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit, somebody can say to himself, look, this is a beautiful thing. This is, however, something extra. In other words, I first have to do all my mitzvahs, all my basic requirements as a Jew, and then this is an added thing, this is an extra, what we call a hidur mitzvah. When I'll get to it, I'll get to it. In other words, I'm not really missing, I'm not deficient in it. So the answer is no. When you're able to get to something, when you're able to do something, and you don't do it, you don't go for it, then it's not just that you didn't go for the next level, for the extra step. But according to what the Rebbe made the point over here, you're actually lacking, you're actually deficient. And where do we see an actual, real, so to speak, example for this? or a real teaching that really brings out this point so we all know the famous teaching of the Baal Shem Tov that he said that a neshama a soul of a yid comes down to this world sometimes to live 70 80 years in order just with one objective to do a favor for another Jew whether it's material or in general or especially particularly in the spiritual sense to help another Jew come closer to the Torah. Says the Rebbe, how do you know? Maybe that one thing that you are now passing on on, that may be the reason why your soul came down to this world. So this is not just Tashlumim in the sense of making yourself more wholesome, but this is actually to make sure that you don't have a deficiency. So the Rebbe says that everybody has to jump on it and get involved in this holy work.